It's a gospel on the radio talk show. A show about dreams and visions and a church that is indeed triumphant, alive, and well. For the church triumphant is alive and well. Hello, Tallahassee. This is the Gospel on the Radio talk show. I am Pastor Jack King. I am your host and uh, have been now for 1,163 shows today. And uh, we have a few rules. We don't talk sports, politics, or doctrine, but we do always speak well of one another. And that has served very, very well through all these years of doing radio ministry. And this reminds me to invite you, if you are involved in Christian ministry in some capacity, I need to have you right here as a guest on the show. And people ask me all the time, they say, well, Pastor King, what are we going to talk about? I say, we're going to talk about your passion. What is your passion for ministry? You tell me what that is, and that will be our topic for today. So give me a call, area code 850-567-1703. And I have here in studio with me a gentleman that I have been involved in radio ministry with him for, what, uh 20, 25 years, yeah, Pastor Marvin Scott, <laughs> and somehow or another, I lost your phone number. Mm. Now, I'll tell you how this must have happened. Uh, somewhere along the line, I had a, a phone, it was an iPhone that had a 3G. Does that, does that sound right? Yes, sir. Okay. Well, AT&T took it away from me. <laughs> they said, you can't use that anymore. So they sent me another phone, okay? Well... On the Thanksgiving day, I remember it very, very well, that year that happened, my son-in-law and my daughter, they went to work on this thing. They're going to transfer this thing over. But they forgot to give me the password. So now they had moved everything off my phone, my iPhone 3, onto this new phone, but nobody knew the password, and it was now on this new phone. <laughs> I couldn't even use the phone. <laughs> so I ended up, I mean, this was a long deal, three months I went without a, without a cell phone. People thought I had died. Wow. <laughs> but what happened, our family, they said, uh, take it to Best Buy. So I did. So then they were able to transfer a lot of the stuff off the old phone onto the new phone, but they didn't get all the numbers. So I lost a lot of my contacts. So anyway, through a mutual friend, <laughs> yes. we've gotten re- re- reconnected here. Yes, it's good sir. to see you, Marvin. Good, it's good to, to have you. you on the show. Back... During the WCVC 1330 days, that's how we got to know each other. Yes, so the yes, Marvin sir. would come in and do a teaching right after the talk show, and uh, that's how we got acquainted. Yes, sir. And uh, and then you've been on the show here with me a few times before. And, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, so anyway, the name of the ministry that you are pastor of, you just told me twenty is twenty one years. Twenty one years. See, I remember back when you were just getting started doing that. Yes, sir. Wow. And uh, so now you are still pastoring the church because you you relocated from where I first knew where you were. Correct. And uh, well, you look good. I mean, you got a little gray, <laughs> just a little, right? <laughs> and uh, anyway, it's good to have you here. Uh, it's called uh, Grace and Truth Restoration Ministry. Yes, sir. And. Uh, uh, we we talked a little bit before we went on the air. You're not doing radio and television right now. Not right now. Yeah. No, sir. Uh, now, uh, back when you were following me, I think it was like 30 minutes. You know, doing a 30, yes, a 30 yes, minute teaching, mm-hmm. just teaching, just teaching the Bible. Yes, sir. And uh, how long did you do that? 
Oh wow, we did that for. Uh, we did that since what from about maybe two thousand three to maybe uh, two thousand nine, two thousand. So you did it for a while, and yes. then then you got into television. Yes, and uh, yeah. and all of that just kind of come to an end somewhere along the line. Right, we started TV in two thousand five, and and then we did that till two thousand ten, and so uh-huh. we kind of just like stopped both around almost right. the same time. Yeah. yeah, and what you were telling me, and I I, I identified with that. Because you're talking about you're trying to get the church started, and so you know you got funds over here, funds over here, and you go, well, I can't keep doing this and this. Correct. And I understand mm-hmm. that because we went through the same thing. Because I started uh, at WCVC back, I think around 1980. Okay, mm-hmm. and then uh, same thing. We were doing some remodeling stuff in the church, and of course the church was was funding it then. Correct. And so I, I stopped, and I was out for 20 years. Yeah. And I didn't do any radio at all for 20 years. Wow. But now, of course, when I came back to it, I realized, look, this is my calling. We'll, we'll get the money otherwise. So my church doesn't pay for it now. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, I understand where you, where you are. So I'm thinking that God's going to call you back to it, too. If he, if he does, I'm, I'm gonna answer the phone. There you go. <laughs> but did you you enjoyed it? Did you? Yes, I, I really I really did. Um, but I think a lot of times, in you know, we were talking about earlier how important it is for sometimes just the little things that people will send you feedback. Yeah, saying that they appreciate you know appreciate your show or whatever because you know when you're doing this you don't really know what no, you don't what impact you're having. <laughs> no, not at but, all. <laughs> but you do know what impact is having on your pocket. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's for sure. <laughs> I never thought about it that way. <laughs> but here's the thing, though, is that, no, you do not hear from people that much. Mm-hmm. But every now and then you do. Right. And that's just enough sometimes to say, hey, okay, we're doing something here. Correct. And, and people are hearing it. People are responding, even though you don't know anything about it. Correct. And then you have the person who heard a, a message to me you may have taught on the radio Administer to them, and then they minister to somebody else, and you have the whole ripple effect. So that's that's a wonderful thing about radio, right? Is that you don't know, <laughs> and, uh, and and the thing is, uh, nowadays because most radio stations stream, correct. Mm-hmm. So you're not just in the local market anymore. You you don't know who who, who somewhere out there in the world someplace. Yeah, you're ministering God's word to somebody, and it's speaking. Mm-hmm. But you'll never know anything about it. <laughs> now, back when uh, we knew each other, you were a professor. Yes, sir. At mm-hmm. uh, FAMU. Yes, sir. And those are those days have come and gone. Come and gone. Yeah, okay. I did. I did uh, what twenty three years? Did at, you? Uh, in the College of Pharmacy? College of Pharmacy. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, your background, and I remember this very very well. You were you were a Marine. Yes, sir. Okay. <laughs> Now, tell us a little bit about that. You, you, how old were you when you went in the military? So, what happened was I I came to school, um, and then in 1987 I uh, went to basic training. Okay. I was still in school, went to basic training, um, did you know three months basic training, did the month MCT, and then I came back to school and got in the reserves. Okay, and so um, but I was in tanks eight, uh, 18, 11, and so. Basically, I did tanks, and uh, and then when the war came in 1990, um, Operation Desert Shield slash Storm, um, 
wound up, got, my unit got activated. So we wound up going to Saudi Arabia and fighting in the war in Kuwait. Wow. Yes, now, when you say school, were you talking about at FAMU? Yes, sir. So you were a student there first. I was a student first, yes. Somehow or another, I had missed that in the other year. So you came to Florida A&M University from, from, from Fort Pierce, Florida. Fort Pierce, Florida. <laughs> yes, sir. From Fort Pierce. So you're, you are a Floridian. Yes, sir. All your life. All my life. You know, that's rare. <laughs> Because, I mean, well, maybe not so much here in the Tallahassee area, but when you get down where you grew up, you get a lot of people who are transplanted into Florida. Now. And, of course, now Florida is a very popular place to people to move to. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I think we're one of the few states that's actually gaining people instead of losing people. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so Fort Pierce, where is Fort Pierce? So Fort Pierce is, um, okay, I don't, um, let's see here. Fort Pierce is probably about a hundred miles north of Miami. Okay, north. So, okay. Right. It's 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 because West Palm Beach is like right in the middle. Okay. So West Palm is about fifty miles from uh, Fort Pierce and fifty miles from Miami. Okay. So you're kind of in the middle of the state. As far as I'm talking about, well, not not going down, but I'm but wide. Uh, we're close. We're on the east coast. On the east coast. Okay. I, I, yeah, we can. Okay. You can basically. Uh, ride a bicycle to the beach. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, okay. If you're there, you, then you're on the beach. Okay, that's good enough. So, Fort Pierce, Florida. Mm-hmm. And uh, what did you do? I mean, your family. Or what, what's what's the uh, ec- economics in Fort Pierce, well, Florida? Well, we grew, when I grew up, we went to the Orange Grove. Orange Groves. <laughs> yes, sir. Picking oranges. Really? Yes. Um, so, for me, any day that wasn't a school day was a Grove day. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, did your family own the groves, or do you, oh, you working for other people? Oh no, we were working for other people. Okay. Right. <laughs> I grew up in the projects. Really. So, what's that like? I mean, picking oranges. I mean, picking oranges. Um, let's let's see how you know, like, it's you know, you're out in the sun. Yeah. You know, um, some some days depending on you know the trees. The trees can be very tall. Um, you know, so like, you know, you have to have a ladder. So you're carrying a ladder, you go up a ladder, um, you're picking oranges, you're coming down a ladder, you got oranges in your ladder, I mean, in your sack. You know, it's, um, um, it's, it's a lot of, it's hard work. How were you when you first went to work in the orange grove? Well, I, let's say I grew up in the orange grove. Really? So. You were a little, little kid. Yeah. So as old as I can remember, really? started going to the orange grove. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you think. That they would have some type of a machine or something to pick it. I mean, do do they at all? Uh, well, I mean, they may now, but you know, you don't they don't really do oranges like that anymore. So, like like years ago, you know, if you go back in the early seventies and eighties, if you were ride down um, the turnpike, you know, going through Orlando, you'll see once you hit Orlando on the side of the road, you see orange trees all the way going, right. you know, all the way down. So you don't you don't see it like that anymore. Yeah. Um. But um. But growing up, you know, no, they weren't because it all depends on what type of what you were doing. With, whether you were packing the fruit or were you juicing the fruit. So if you yeah. were if you were ju- juicing the fruit, then yeah, you can drop it on the ground. You know, so you can shake the trees and it fall on the ground if the if the, if the uh, oranges are ripe because you're going to juice it. And right. So that it doesn't make a difference what the oranges look like. But if you're packing the fruit, then you know it has to look a certain way for the for the public. So you know you 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 don't want to plug the oranges. You, you know they have to right. be a certain way to it. So so whether or not they have technology or tools now that are picking for you, I'm not sure. But back then, ooh, <laughs> just yeah, because we had uh, two years 
of those Arctic blasts. I think it was around 85, 86, mm-hmm. if, I'm, if my memory serves right. And it killed most of the orange trees would be north of I-4. Yeah. And now now you, you'll notice that, that most of the groves are below I-4. Yeah. yeah, and you don't really see them anymore. You ha- you would have to get off the highway and go into uh, some of those uh, smaller counties in the back there to see see the orange groves yeah. now. Yeah, because um, yeah. I remember we used to go to a bench retreat down that way, and, and mm-hmm. I remember driving through. Now a lot of places where those orange groves were now the houses and and all this kind of stuff it's all built up in those areas. Right. And I remember that here that after those two years, two years in a row, an Arctic blast. Took, just took a lot of the orange trees and stuff out. So, yeah. so anyway, this is your your background. You just grew up as a kid. You got to go to work every day. Yeah, and, yeah. and the, the great thing about it, I can remember one day telling my mom, either I'm going to college or I'm going to the military, uh-huh. but I'm not staying. You're not, not going to be an orange picker all your life. <laughs> I'm not going to do this all my life. And but, wind up doing both, going to college and to the military. So how did that happen? How did you end up? Going to college, I mean, just make good grades in high school and just get a scholarship or what? Well, yeah, I um, made good. I had good grades in high school, did well in high school, but uh, unfortunately, uh, when when um, recruiters would come to town for college, I never was invited to the uh, to the, the the recruiting session, so I di- I didn't know they were coming. Oh, yeah, so I was never invited. But one of my teachers, Miss um, Gloria Thompson, uh, God bless her. Um, one day, um, she asked me, Marvin, what school are you going to? And I was like, I don't know. So she said, you're going to FAMU. She said, you like math? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, you like science? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, you're going to major in pharmacy. I said, okay. Really? The next day, she had me an application. She helped me fill it out. And we mailed it in. And the rest is history. Now you had, had you ever thought about pharmacy before? Uh no, um, not as a major. I had two brothers with sickle cell. Yeah. So we spent a lot of time, you know, hospitals and to the pharmacy uh-huh. and so forth and so on. But I, me, me personally, myself, had never really thought about pharmacy. Um, but, <laughs> but thank God for Miss Gloria yeah, Thompson. So she just says, okay, you're going to do pharmacy and you go, yes, ma'am. Yes, just ma'am. Just like that. Yes. It, it never even thought to, to you say, well, maybe not. No. no, she said it. I mean, because I I really respected right. her, and for her to take the time, you know, when others didn't, yeah. for her to take the time, and not only to talk to me about school, but then to actually help me fill out the application. Right. Um. That that you know that's that meant the world to me. You but, know? but how were you able to finance a school? Uh well, th- that was part of the reason I went to the uh to the military. So uh-huh. between grants, student loans. Uh, going to the military and getting the GI Bill, uh-huh. you know, right? Uh, we we got through. Yeah. Okay. So when but when you came, you had grants already lined up and stuff. Uh, no, no, no. Just fill out financial aid application. Is <laughs> see what works. Really? <laughs> yeah. So you came up here in faith. <laughs> yeah. And you know, and then I I, I worked as yeah. well. You yeah. know, you start working. Yeah. Worked at Hardee's and you know so forth and so on. Oh, yeah. But that's amazing, though. Yeah. I mean, you, that just tells me that in your family, work was valued. Yeah. You, you, were, you were taught to work. Obviously, oh, yeah. you grew up in an orange grove working. You knew how to – work didn't scare you. Right. Well, yeah. was taught to work hard, you yeah. know. And then God is – even when I didn't know him, you know, he was always looking out for yeah. me. 
I, I can I can look back now and even when I came back from the war trying to figure out what I was going to do, the Lord blessed me uh, to get connected with one of my mentors, Dr. Michael Thompson, who I started working in a home health care pharmacy with him as as his technician. And I started working with him and he just he just looked out for me as well. I remember he used to let me use his lawnmower and pay me to cut his yard. <laughs> <laughs> we call it. He paid me, pay me with a, a, a check, and the checks were blue, so they called it blue money. But uh, <laughs> but you know, so God has always blessed me to have yeah. great people around me to uh, to help me, even when I didn't like. I say I didn't know the Lord at that time. Yeah. But you can look and see how He was already always directing. You know, I came back and Dr. Thompson was there, and just so happened, um, I um. The person that was actually supposed to work with him over the summer wound up having to go home and they recommended me. Uh-huh. And I was just only supposed to be there for the summer of 91, 1991. I remember like it was yesterday. I was only supposed to be there for that summer because the help was coming back and everything. And I wound up staying there working as an intern and as a technician. I mean, as a technician and intern and a pharmacist until about 2004. Wow. Yeah, God's mercy. So tell me about your journey of faith, because you said you you didn't always know the Lord. How how did that happen? So I um like I say um I have a I I'll start like this. I didn't grow up in church, but I had an uncle who was a deacon. Okay, who was I mean my uncle Curtis was faithful. He was faithful. I I, I can't say enough about that. And um when we did go to church, we would go to church with him. Okay, and uh, I remember he gave me a, a Bible, and so when I came to FAMU, I had a Bible, and it's and it's crazy, you know, not to get into a whole bunch of stuff, but because like sometimes I will have like these crazy dreams or these crazy things where it's like you know things are happening, and I if I sleep with the Bible, I wouldn't have that. Oh really? Yeah, it was it was crazy. <laughs> so so I, I would sleep with my Bible a lot, <laughs> but and, and but I wasn't saved. Right. But when I started dating uh, my wife, when we started dating, I started going to church with her. Okay. And um and so you know she wouldn't necessarily say what church we're going to, but we would go. And so there was one church that we visited um before, and I was like, well, let's go there, go to that church again, you know. And so we started going there, and I remember. Um, uh, she joined the church, but when we got married, she joined the church before me, and I was upset with her because I'm like, "How are you going to join the church without me? I thought it's supposed to be, you know." Uh, in my head, I'm like, "You know, we're supposed to do this together." Right, I'm not right. realizing that salvation in ministry is a a personal journey. But make a long story short, I can remember her and her mother uh, was in church and they were crying when they just had a tear coming down there, and I'm like. What y'all crying for? I I just don't get it. What, what what? And maybe a week, two weeks later, it hit me, and I started crying. They were praying for you. They, they were crying for you. <laughs> I don't know if they were crying for me, but I know I started crying for myself. <laughs> so had so when you met her and married her, was she was she saved then? Yeah. Did, did she have a background in the church? Well, I'm yeah, I'm assuming so. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, okay, so when you met her, was she saved at that time? I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so she's very influential. Yeah, and in, in leading you to mm-hmm. a, a salvation experience. But w- w- at what point did you 
actually give your heart to Christ. That that when I started crying, that oh, really? day, yes. Wow. Uh it was uh I remember the song, it was a song uh, Now Behold the Lamb. Okay. And when they said, Why you love me so I'll never know. Wow. It hit me and I couldn't stop crying. Now were, were you in church when this happened? Yeah. Okay. So you you're in a church service and then you realize your your mother in law and your your wife was crying mm-hmm. and then that touched your heart. Well, like I say, that didn't them crying didn't touch my heart. It just made me ask, "Why are you crying?" Right? Because I, I just honestly at that time I di- I didn't get it. I'm just okay. looking at them and they have that tear, you know, right. just a little tear running out. And I'm like, "What's the point? Uh-huh. What what are you crying for?" You know. And so, like I say, maybe a week, two weeks later, it was my turn. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay, okay. So so they they were just crying because they were just having a spiritual experience right. with God. I, I thought that they were crying uh, crying for you because you were lost at that time. But yeah. I understand what you're talking talk about. Yeah. yeah. So they were they were just having an encounter with God. Correct. And yeah. then then later the same thing happened to you. Right. But so did you realize what was happening? I mean, you're uh-huh. you're feeling the emotion of it. No, at the, at that time yeah, I, I kind of knew what was going on because it was a thing of at that moment, God, why do you love me so? Uh-huh. You know, that that's what hit me when I thought about where I come from, you know, all that I've done, you know, so forth and so on. And to think that this God still loves me. Wow. That was this before or after you went to uh, overseas. Oh, this is after. After. So you'd already been uh, Activated mm-hmm. in the military, and you weren't you weren't a believer at that time. No, wow, wasn't a believer. And uh, did that ever cross your mind that what if you didn't make it? Did that? Did you ever think about that when you were over there? No, no. I'll, be, I'll be honest with you. No, but now and it's it's crazy because one uh, one of the uh, uh, Marines that was with us in our in our unit he copied Psalm ninety one, and he gave it to all of us. Really? Yeah. And and then we had a little small little New Testament Bible, the little Gideon, the little Gideon, Gideon yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, uh, the, yeah, I did I did start reading it, but I <laughs> honestly though, but I never thought about from the standpoint of what if I don't make it. Uh-huh. You know, it was it was for me. It was one of those things where honestly, my friends were going. We we've, we've trained together, and if I didn't go and something happened to them, I would have felt bad. Uh-huh. But now, what was your experience? Were you that? Did you all actually go into combat? Yes. Um, yeah, we led the Second Marine Division really? into the war. Yeah, in your tank, in our tanks. Yeah. <laughs> What's that like? I mean, uh, I, I don't know whether you can really share it with us or not. But I mean, that's got to be something. I mean, well, you know, it's one of those moments where, honestly, you know, for example, so when we were training, going through training before we got activated. You know, they would have us doing things like saying, you know, like carrying your gas mask. And they would say, well, we're not getting activated. We're just doing it as a, as a, as a training. And then from wearing a gas mask, all of a sudden now we're activated and we're in Camp Lejeune, but they're saying we're not going overseas. We're just here, you know, to replace the Marines that left. Uh-huh. And then two weeks later, we're on the big jet. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to work. I'm not believing anything anymore. <laughs> right. You know, so we're over there. And um, first they said we just uh, for a show of force. But then we wound up being on the front line. And uh, we actually, let, like I said, we actually led the Sacramento Marine Division into the war. Wow. Uh-huh. 
And how long did that last for you? I mean, that, it seems to me like it, if I remember back, we handled business pretty quick in that yeah, war. We, we yeah, we did. Well, and, and what happened was, and I, I tell you, desert warfare is totally different than, um, you know, jungle warfare. And it's, you know, this is something that normally I don't, honestly, I don't talk about yeah. a lot like this. Um, but um, it's it's a little different, you know. And you know, um, they did a they did a, a very good job of the air support initially uh-huh. of of bombing um, the soldiers and the bombing the uh, Iraqi soldiers, so that when we started the ground uh, ground attack, it was it was a little different, uh-huh. right? But the thought was that they thought that you know we would lose about eighty percent of our company within the first uh, forty eight hours, twenty four really? to forty eight hours, yeah. Because be get bogged down, or yeah, just ambushed, or and and the, the, the landmines and just you know how oh, well yeah. entrenched yeah. they they were. Yeah, um, they they did things like had some of their tanks pretty much buried in the ground, so the only thing was up was their trunk, really, so that you couldn't see it, you know. Um, wow. <laughs> but we did more in the first twenty four hours than they thought we would do in two yeah, days. Yeah, I remember that. That that uh, we, like I said, we went right on in there. Yeah, we and, uh, we we were really. And then really it got moving. to the point to where they were actually just giving up. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember all that. Yeah, which was which was tough. Because yeah. you know, things happen. You know, when you see people die, you know. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, see that? See tanks get blowed up or whatever. You know. I mean, we're going to be giving you nightmares here. <laughs> but uh, did any of that affect you as far as your, your I mean, did you look back on it later? And, and did any of that have anything to do with your eventually coming to Christ? No. 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 So you you would, I mean, I, you know, the people who, who've never been in the military, they don't know about the whole thing about how the military tears you down right. and rebuilds you. Especially in the Marine Corps. That's that's the yeah. whole basis of the Marine Corps. Yeah. You come, that, come in, you are a maggot. You are less than a <laughs> oh yeah yeah I remember well I wasn't a marine but I was in the navy so. yeah and uh, um, the whole point is to tear you down right. and then rebuild you into what they would call that's right a, a marine that's right yeah. I, I remember telling the people story that when I went into boot camp uh, when we first got there I was in Orlando. The first thing you do, you, of course, you're getting indoctrinated. You get your uniforms, all that kind of stuff. They put you to bed about 2 o'clock in the morning, 4 o'clock in the morning. I got this guy standing over my rack telling me that I was the lowest creature he ever walked on the face of this earth. And I'm telling you what, he hurt my feelings. <laughs> and he didn't care. Right. <laughs> and that's what they do. That's, mm-hmm. uh, that's the whole concept. Tear you down. Rebuild you. Correct. And so this is kind of where you were. You had a job to do. You're 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 doing it. Right. Yeah. And and, and honestly, that's that's all you think about um, is you know doing the job, and then you think about the guy that's to your left and to your right. Right. Those are honestly for me that was the most important thing. I didn't think about anything else. I try not to think about home too much, you know, because you start missing home or whatever. And you you know, so you think about the guy to the left and to the right. And then once once everything was over though. It's like okay, yeah, and um, and I it's funny because I can remember once we got back home and you know it was like okay we're back and we wound up having a training out in the field and I remember waking up in the field like oh man it was a dream I'm still in the war <laughs> <laughs> you know had that nightmare oh man woke up in cold sweats and then you're looking around like oh wait a minute. And I'm breathing. Wow. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. really breathing hard because yeah. I'm thinking I'm I'm waking up 
and being home was a dream and I'm still in Saudi Arabia <laughs> and um now how long were you there we were there a little shy of what six months six months yeah now did you ever have to go back again after that no so I mean you your reserve time was what six years Yes, it was seven. Seven mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. So you did your seven, and mm-hmm. then you're moving up. Of course, at that time, you're back in college. Correct. Mm-hmm. And working towards your degree. Correct. In pharmacy. Yes, sir. Just like it was said, you got to go be a pharmacist. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and and so, so you had to stop and start going to college. So how long did it take you to get through, I guess, to the point to where you Ready to get your master's, so your undergraduate degree. What took about five years, did it? Well, 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 it took a long, little longer than that because you know, outside of the military, I, I, I thought I'd take the scenic route. <laughs> I got some kids that did that too. <laughs> yeah, I, I took, I took the scenic route. Yeah. Yeah, I told him. I said, "Look, I'll pay your auto insurance until you get out." And I was thinking, you know, four. <laughs> no, they they took the stink route too. So yeah, I know what you're talking about. But now, so you you finally you your family you 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 meet your wife. This is after you come back from the war, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what was it that really got you? I mean, I know she she had you started going to church. Was it just being in church and hearing things that begin to stir your heart? It was, honestly, this is just me, you know, because I'm not hadn't really thought about it from yeah. that standpoint. I I just think it was just time, uh-huh. you know. So when I met my wife, I was at a point where you know I'm ready to be married. Mm-hmm. And and the crazy thing about it is, like I said, I wasn't saved, but I knew enough to pray, Lord, if she's the one for me, let me know. Uh-huh. And I felt like He did, you know. Um, and so as we're moving on and we're starting to date and then, okay, we're going to church, uh, church together, you know what I mean? So I'm listening, but, um, I just think, I just think God was moving in a way that I was, he was, I was unaware. Uh It, it, It was like, I woke up one day and I'm in a different place. Wow. You know, uh, emotionally, you know, spiritually. And so when that happened, that when that happened, I'm like, okay, now I'm on a whole nother journey. Um, okay, God. And and I can remember one day my wife, um, she's working. Um, we're sitting in church and someone walks up to her and asks her if she would help uh in one of the ministries. And so while she's working in one of the ministries, I'm sitting in the church and I'm holding my my oldest son at the time. He was just a little baby. So this was what, nineties, ninety seven, maybe early ninety eight. And I'm holding the holding the baby, and she's working, and I'm sitting there like, "Now, Lord, this ain't right. I, I should be the one working. I'm sitting here holding the baby, and she's doing something. I want to work too, uh-huh. right? Not, you know, this is me having this conversation, thinking nothing about it, but just saying it to myself, not realizing that the Lord is hearing me. And um, so, fast forward a little while, my wife says, "So you tr- coach, uh, co-director of the trustee board." I'm like, no, I'm not. She's like, yes, you are. I said, no, I'm not. She said, yes, you are. I said, no, I'm not. <laughs> she said, it's right here on the program. <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't know anything about it. I didn't know anything about it. And I went, he was like, uh, um, and so one of the, the, the gentlemen that was the other, di- was the director, he was like, oh, yeah, I meant to tell you about it. I meant to call you. We voted on you. <laughs> without, without you having any knowledge, without, without your approval. <laughs> 
but but that was the thing where you know in my heart i i wanted to work yeah. you know and um i just he, he got me started so you know I'm, I'm seeing something in your personality here brother marvin it says that they put this on here and you said okay and then the lady says you're gonna be a farmer so you go okay <laughs> and you hadn't even been in the marines yet <laughs> so because you know when you when you're in the military you learn you say yes sir right <laughs> yes and i learned pretty early on it's just just do what they say it just makes life much easier much easier yes sir yes sir. so so you went ahead and did this Mm -hmm. okay and and did that work out okay yeah yeah so i wound up doing that and then um um and i could remember um praying saying okay you know feel like okay the lord is now calling me to, to preach i feel it but i'm like okay lord if you're calling me to preach then show it to my pastor because I don't want to just say, hey, this is what the Lord is. I feel and, you know, and this is my leader. So show him. And so um, one day he told my brother-in-law that he, he saw me preaching. He just never said it to me. But he told my brother-in-law that he saw me preaching. And uh, it was, um, you know, one day, you know, in the in the Baptist church, we doing devotional. And I was up um, supposed to just read the scripture. And I got up to read the scripture and I wound up, they said I preached for about 15 minutes. Really? For me, it seemed like just about a minute, two oh. minutes. I just, you know what I mean? It was like, because it was like an out-of-body experience. Right, right. Um, and then when I finished, I um, uh, went to my wife. was like, maybe I think the Lord is calling me to preach. Really? And she was like, well, I don't know if I'm supposed to tell you this, but the pastor saw it. He told my brother-in-law that he saw you preaching, uh-huh. but he, he just wasn't going to say anything to you till you came to him. Right. Well, he, he he saw the call of God in your life. And a lot of times that's what happens. I know in, in my life it was that mm-hmm. way. There were people who were uh, in ministry, pastors and different ones that they recognized it even mm-hmm. before I did. Right. And uh, a lot of times it doesn't. And it also, it brings confirmation. Yeah. When other people say, well, I, I sense this, I feel this. And then God speaks to you. You go, yeah, I, I'm with it. And then have others to confirm that. It's, yeah. I think that's a very necessary part of the process. Right. And it has a lot to do with with the mentor relation because people that you have served under in ministry, you have confidence in them. Mm-hmm. And when, when they say something like that, you, you can't just dismiss it. Correct. Because Correct. it's, uh, wow, this this must be something to do this. Yeah. And, of course, God uses that, and he begins to expand it mm-hmm. and such. So. So you call that your first sermon, the time that you stood up? And you, okay. All right. Yeah. 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 Uh, listen, it, to me, it wasn't a sermon, but to everyone else. <laughs> they thought yeah. it was. Okay. Yeah. So, so what happened after that? Did you get more opportunities to speak? Or were they, well, uh, yeah. So, of course, you know, I went and, you know, after that moment, I prayed. And that was like one of the first time I felt like I heard the Lord speak to me. Um, because after after she told my wife told me that, I was like, okay, I need to get myself ready. And. When that's one of the first time I felt like I heard the Lord tell me, if I have to wait for you to get ready, you'll never be ready. Wow. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, what do I do? And he's like, well, go tell your pastor. And then, so once I told him, that's, that started my, my journey. And so I did my first sermon. Uh, you know, in the Baptist church, you know, you, you do your trial sermon. <laughs> that's what they call it. But, you know, but uh, um, that's, I did my first yeah. sermon and, and then we went from there. Now, somewhere along the line, you you graduated from mm-hmm. school and yeah. then you decided to stay at FAMU. I, guess. I mean, so I graduated with my BS in pharmacy in 93. I graduated with my doctor of pharmacy in 95. So while I was going to school to get my doctor of pharmacy, I was working in hospital pharmacy, retail pharmacy, 
home infusion pharmacy and uh <laughs> and and when that what was the la- the lady's name way back when you were still home and no. she said you could be a farmer what was her name Gloria Thompson Gloria Thompson you didn't you didn't know any of that kind of stuff when she told you that no I did not no. <laughs> hey this is the uh, gospel on the radio talk show I'm Pastor Jack King I'm your host uh, Pastor Barbara Scott is my guest. I think this is probably the third time you've been on the show, but it's been a long time. It's good to have you back here in your story. Um, if you are a regular listener, a lot of you are, and I know you are, you know that Pastor King, he's just got this thing about gospel music, and I always got to play you at least one song, and we're going to do that. This is the Booth Brothers. It's called Love Was in the Room. the uh, Booth Brothers and uh, oh they sing so pretty and I love that song and uh, made it my number one song here I think it was in 2021 and I learned my countdown love was in the room this is the gospel on the radio talk show I'm Pastor Jack King and I'm also the pastor of Freedom Road Christian Ministry 720 Capital Circle Northeast we're in the Crescent Park Plaza. We start our services on Sunday morning at 11.05, frcm.us. You can find us on the web. Also, I want to make sure that you are aware that I come on here 94.1 Monday through Friday at 11 o'clock for the Gospel on the Radio broadcast. It's a daily Bible teaching of the Word of God. And also... Uh, Saturday Night Gospel Sing, a full hour of the, as I say, the best music on the planet. (laughs) That's my opinion. A full hour of great Southern Gospel music. And you also find these broadcasts, uh, the daily broadcast and the talk show on podcast. If you'll type in Pastor Jack King, Tallahassee, you'll find it. And there's all kinds of content for you there. Pastor Marvin Scott, he is the pastor of, let me get this right here now. Restoration, no, Grace and Truth Restoration Ministry. Mm-hmm. And you are the founder of the church. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What time do you start to serve us on Sunday morning? Uh, 11, we start prayer at 11 and uh, worship and, and word at 1130. Now, give them the address, but you're going to have to tell them how to find you. We have 504A Capital Circle Southeast. In uh, uh, Southeast is um, right south of uh, Park Avenue. So right. if you're coming from Mayhan going south, you cross over Park Avenue and um, not the first where you see um, Dollar General or uh, the uh, AutoZone, not that plaza, but the very next plaza you can turn into. You turn in there and go all the way in the back. Right. And we're back there. It used to be the old driver's license. I was going to tell people that. Yeah. People who've been around Tallahassee a long time remember that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, you, you have to you have to kind of wind around down there just yeah, a little bit. To, you to down there like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And how long have you been there now? Since 2010. 2010. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, if you come casual, just come casual. Oh, just, just come. Yeah. Come casual. You know, uh, 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 just come. Okay. <laughs> now, uh, you mentioned uh Somewhere along the line, that uh, you're not you're not affiliated with any particular type of group. Correct. Yeah, yeah we're non denominational. But correct. you're you're looking into maybe a possibility of joining up with another group. We won't correct. get into all that right now. Correct. But, mm-hmm. but uh, just people just want to know this, those type of things. No, right. And, mm-hmm. uh, okay. 
uh, I assure you, you will you will hear the word of God if you come here, Brother Marvin preach. Because, uh, like I said, I used to listen to him when he was on CVC. Like I said, he'd come on right after me. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'd be out cutting the grass out of the radio station, <laughs> and I'd have my headset on. I'd be tuned in here to share the word. And of course, I'm sure you're like a lot of us. As, as you've grown older, you've become even more enriched in the word. Yes, and sir. Have even more to share. Yes, sir. With that sort of thing, mm-hmm. and. Uh, uh, I, I, we talked about on the earlier about him getting back into radio. Maybe I'm the voice, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, is that um, I said I was out for 20 years, mm-hmm. and when God spoke to me very, very clearly in uh, two different ways, uh, there was a word that came forth, but I knew it in my heart. Right. And that was the thing. God, yeah. God was speaking to me. Mm-hmm. So tell us about that. First of all. When you first started the church, because this is a big deal. I mm-hmm. mean, you started the church and you've been doing 21 years. Something mm-hmm. You've done something right here. Okay. <laughs> How did you do this? I mean, you were, were you teaching at FAMU at that time? Yes, I was teaching at the university at that time. Okay. Um, and I was a, a minister at a University Ministries okay. uh, with Bishop Joseph Brown. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, where, where were they located at? On um, uh, 2640 Old Bainbridge Road. Yeah. yeah. I remember that. Right there by the, by the interstate, wasn't it? Yes, sir. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, 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 remember, I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So somewhere you got the feeling that God said for you to start a church. Right. Did you have any idea what you were doing? No. no so like, <laughs> it's, it's one of those things, again, where, you know, you stop feeling certain things and I'm like, okay, God, if um. If this year will show it to my pastor, uh-huh. so um, maybe I started the ministry in two thousand three. So maybe two thousand two, two thousand one, two thousand two. Uh, Bishop Brown had me start an on campus Bible study. Okay, so I was doing an on campus Bible study uh, every Tuesday night because our Bible study was Wednesday. Okay, um, and so in the spring of two thousand three, I met with Bishop Brown. And honestly, I was I was getting ready to leave the ministry because I said, Bishop, I'm just I keep getting pricked. I just don't feel comfortable uh-huh. anymore. Um, I just feel like you know it's time for me to 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 to, to leave because I just can't get comfortable. Like uh-huh. keep trying, but I just can't. And in my head, I'm not thinking about going and pastor. I'm I'm thinking I'm just going to go maybe find another ministry. And so he asked me. He said, Are you ready to pastor? And I'm like, No, that's that's not it. <laughs> Um, um, no, uh, he's like, you know, cause he, you know, then he said, well, I thought when you started, I had you start your own campus Bible study that that was stirred the pastoral in you. And I'm like, no, that's not it. Uh, and then he, he's, he's like, um, you know, talking to me about how eagles expose the thorns in the nest for the baby eagles to, when right, it's time right. for them to fly and get out the nest. And so, you know, he understands this uncomfortable feeling. And he says, if you go somewhere else, you're going to find yourself in the same place. And I was like, well, I, I said, well, no, I ain't trying to pastor. I just, okay, I'll be okay. And I just said, you know, so I left that meeting with him and just said, I'll suck it up and I'll be okay because I'm not thinking about pastoring. And then about a month later, I was like, whatever I have to do because I just can't take this. You find a peace. Yeah. 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 It was just yeah. no peace for me. Yeah. So what did you do? So um, I went talk with him. He told me what I needed to do in August uh August third of two thousand three, we started our first had our first service. Okay, let's go back here. What did he tell you you needed to do? Well, well, basically, he told me how to incorporate the ministry okay, and okay. so forth. And so, so he on. gave you the the nuts yeah. and bolts, yeah, the, mm-hmm. the practical sides of things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
But did he tell you how to go about recruiting people? No, no. <laughs> I thought maybe you might have some wisdom for us. No. <laughs> but what did you do? I mean, did you did you rent a building in the beginning, or did you start in your home? Or well, actually, what we did was we were using the old. I don't. I don't know if you remember when CTN TV forty five used to be on Monroe Street. Yeah. And we we would rent that building. Okay. Uh, uh, every Sunday we would rent that building, bring our speakers and everything. And rent that building, and then from there we were able. We went to the um, Orange Avenue spot. But where did the people come from? Oh, that's a that's a very good question. <laughs> <laughs> that is a that is a very good yeah. question. Um, uh, they just came, like, really? <laughs> but I so so like okay, so like um, I I tell you this, like one one person, and Mar- I, I I tell all the time, Marlene, she's like you know. That's 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 my sister. She she's she's not just day one. She was before day one. Um, when we started the own campus Bible study, you know, we had people who visited from that Bible study. Um, we had people who um, who who I knew who heard me preach before. Once I started um, pastoring, they they started visiting. Okay, yeah. So now, were you on the radio at that, at that time? Uh, was, no. was that later? That was later. Well, I started the radio broadcast this on Saturday before I did our first service. Okay, so that did that draw people at all? No, 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 yeah. no. Yeah, radio's a funny thing yeah. about it. Now, back in uh, the eighties, when I was doing radio, we would get visitors. Mm-hmm. But when I went back in uh, around two thousand, no. Yeah. And I think in the years that I've been doing radio, getting close to 25 years, we may have had maybe two visitors to the church. Yeah. And, it's, and I've told you that the first day you came over to CVC, I said, look, if you're looking just to, to build your church, you may be in the wrong way. <laughs> right. <Yeah>, I remember. <laughs> you, may, you may be marking up the wrong tree here because uh, radio, this type of ministry, you either you feel it, you got the call, or you don't. Right, right, right. And uh, so, and I think you have the call. See, that's why I keep encouraging mm-hmm. it. <laughs> yeah. And, and honestly, when I started, I, 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 this is the thing. I, I never wanted to preach where one, it was about money. I, you know, and again, not getting into believing you can preach about money, whatever, but yeah. it's, it's, I never wanted to do it because I'm looking for a paycheck. Uh huh. And I never wanted to do it because I was expecting to to draw people from one place to another. Uh-huh. I I my desire is for people to get the word of God and give their life to right. Christ right. for real. Right. Yeah. yeah. You you want to see souls saved. I want to see souls yeah. saved and not join a not join a church, not join a, a congregation, but to be a part of the body of right. Christ for real. Well, I tell you, one of the things that we're all facing now. So many people got uh, misplaced during this COVID thing. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people out there that are that used to be in church. They're not, mm-hmm. and so my heart has been. I'm trying to convince the people go back to the church you were at, mm-hmm. and uh, and if you if you don't feel comfortable to do that, then find you another one. Come to Freedom Road. We'd be happy to have you. Mm-hmm. And I'm understanding what you're saying is that we're not looking just to gain people from another church to build our ministry. But look, if you've been out of church, you need to get in church. Yeah. Because yeah. I'll tell you, the longer you stay out, yeah, the harder it'll be to find the discipline. Because it's like for people like me and you, going to church on Sunday morning is just what we do. Right. That's just that that part of our schedule is blocked. Yes. But. 
a lot of people were that way at one time. Mm-hmm. But now they found other things to do with that block of time. And that's going to take a discipline to get back. Get back, right. But the COVID is, was mostly in 20. This is 24. Correct. <laughs> so can I say, what are you waiting for? Right. You know, one of the things that, you know, I, I truly believe in, you know, that we talk about sometimes is it's it's not what happened to you. It's what was revealed in you. You know, from the standpoint of because if if assembling yourself together and the fellowshipping of saints is in you, because we find that people do what they want to do. Absolutely. Even amongst when COVID was going on, you had some people who so I can't go to church, but they would go everywhere else because (laughs) that was was in them what they wanted to do. And so it's really just about, you know, identifying, hey, what's in here? What's in your heart? You know? And and then and and just being honest, don't don't use COVID as an excuse, but just being honest, saying you know what, uh, you know if you don't if that's if if you if you're struggling with just saying I don't know if I want to go and put that time in, then be honest with you because I tell people this all the time: God knows your thoughts before you ask, but you still got to ask. Wow, that's pretty profound. You, know, <laughs> you, you, you still yeah. got to ask, and so. One of the problems people have a lot of times is because they don't express when they say, God, okay, God knows my heart and he does. But do he wants to know, do you really know your heart? Ah, You know, you know, and I because I give the example, Peter told Jesus that I'm willing to, to, to go to jail and die with you. And Jesus says, no, not really. You you think you are. Right, right. But when the pressure comes, yeah. you're going to deny me three times before the cock yeah. rose. Yeah. And so, so basically, sometimes these things come to reveal what's, yeah. what's in us. You know, we thought we were in a certain place and then we realized, you know what, Lord, I'm not there. So now I can be honest with you to help me. Right. I, yeah. I, I'm hearing what you're saying because I, I know exactly what you're saying. Been there, mm-hmm. and sometimes I'm still there. Yeah. It's just, just you realize. Well, let's just say that there is no perfection in any of us, <laughs> right? But, but we're still striving. We're still striving to to get it right mm-hmm. and, to, and to do things better. Correct. But we're human, and we deal with this human human body that we live in, and such like that. Well, I know this that. Uh, uh, we're in a time, I'm talking about right now in history, that is, to me, is unique. Now, I almost have to qualify myself to say, no, I haven't lived forever, and I haven't lived through every generation. But it seems to me like that when the Scripture talks about in the last days there will be a falling away first. Well, it, I sense that, mm-hmm. that, that uh, there's a falling away. And, of course, it's just, very evident we're closing churches like crazy we're closing bible colleges like crazy all all across the land mm-hmm. okay god what are you up to well we know that the next thing he says that there will be a great pouring out of his spirit mm-hmm. so i'm saying hey i think we're ripe for revival yes sir I and uh, that's going to be fascinating yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> to, just to see how god's going to do what he's going to do yes and yes. uh and there's going to be a lot of people who's going to be swept into the kingdom of God that's, mm-hmm. that's maybe had never heard or never maybe maybe they've heard but they've rejected it. Yeah, God's going to do something here, yeah. and, yeah. uh, 
And I'm kind of excited about it myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know this, that when we feel like that we're right at the, the end and we and we struggled, that's that's about the time God's about to do something. <laughs> Has that been your experience? Yeah. I mean, you know, I you know, I'll say it like this. You know, one of the things that you know, because we've been dealing with, is understanding the grace of God. Okay. You know, and understanding that you know, Peter talks about the the manifold or the many sided grace of God. So, getting to the place where we understand that the grace of God is more than just unmerited favor. But it is an enabling ability. You know, it's a benefit. It's a gift. And so understanding that 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 we're living in a day and time where sin did abound, grace, grace did abound yeah. much more. And so, like you were saying, we're in a place where you feel like this should be coming a time of, of outpouring. Right. Because when we look at what's going on in the world today, where sin did abound. It's, wow. it's time for grace to abound. Yeah, you're basically confirming what I've heard, what yes. we've been talking about here. Yes. That, that uh, we're in a time when God's going to move here. Something, yeah. uh, something's going to happen because uh, history teaches us. If nothing else, I mean, the Scripture teaches us, but history teaches us this: mm-hmm. that there those times when there was, was darkness, God's Spirit moved across the land. Yes, and and usually it happens among the young. Mm-hmm. God got to do a, a youth movement. Yes, <laughs> and and then it'll change an entire generation of people. Yes, mm-hmm. and of course, unfortunately, then we have the 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 judges, <laughs> the book of the judges. There, they uh, up and they were down. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah, so I mean, and, and and I'm glad you said that because when you think of that, you know, in in the book of Judges, it talks about a, a younger generation. Right. But it said there arose a generation that did not know God nor his works. Right. And therefore they did evil in the sight of the Lord. And so what we're having now is understanding that we have a younger generation, but the generation before them, you know, we failed them. Yeah, unfortunately. But it was what you said, though, that this, because this generation now, There'll be another generation where God will raise up and deliver, as He did in the days of Judges. Right, it's going to happen again. Yeah, he's going to have to. He's going to. Well, not, I'm not saying what He has to do, but I just feel like there's, like you said already, there's going to be a move because we're we're living in a day and time where where there's so much information out there. Yeah, there's so much false stuff out there that God has to show Himself as the true and living God. You know what I mean? So I, I, I just believe we're, we're in a day and time where this, this generation, they need to experience and not just hear. Pour out his spirit in these last days. Yes. In other words, before the Lord comes, we would expect a great outpouring of his spirit. Yes, sir. And many, many souls swept into the kingdom. Yes. Sir. And that's what we seek God for. And we're just believing that God's going to do this. Yes, sir. Amen. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Pastor Marvin Scott. That's been our guest today. And uh, <laughs> I tell you what, we've been all over the world here today. <laughs> it has been so good to have you here. It's Great been good to, be to see you. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for Pastor Marvin and uh, the work that you're doing with, through him here in Tallahassee. I pray for him. I pray for his church. I pray for his family. God, stir that gift within him that you've given him. Lord God, bless, bless the work that he does. 
And Father, we pray over our city. We pray, God, for Tallahassee. We pray, God, for for those who are outside of faith, that God, that you would speak to them, Lord, that you would cause their heart to want to seek after you. And Father, we pray for all of our churches. We pray, pray God, for revival in the land. We've talked about this here. That God, that you would send forth your spirit. And Father, we pray for peace, peace in this world, peace for America. We pray for America. Lord, we pray for peace in the city of Jerusalem and the nation of Israel. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks for coming. And uh, uh, we forgot to talk about your book, but we're going to have you back. I told him I'm Mm going to read the book, and when I get through reading it, we have Pastor Marvin back again. We're going to talk about his book. Amen. Until next Sunday morning, may the Lord bless you.